In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. On Friday, for the first time since the pandemic, I brought the boys to Tryon Creek for a hike. There I was with other people around, all of us keeping our good distance, seeing for the first time the new way of things since the pandemic, since the coronavirus came. There was yellow police tape blocking off certain areas that we couldn't go. The visitor center was all darkened and had a sign saying that it's no longer open. I could imagine what it would be like for people emerging from a fallout shelter, looking around, trying to make heads or tails of the scene that is before them. We too are beginning, just beginning to emerge. What will it be like, we ask ourselves. As I mentioned at the end of last Sunday's liturgy, we'll soon be able to have services with 25 people. And the good news that I have today is it looks like it will begin this week. This week, we will be able to come back to church, only 25 at a time. So you'll be able to be back in church. It will be the same as before and yet also very different. You'll be back in the church with 25 of your beloved brothers and sisters in Christ, all very spaced apart. And there will be antibacterial wipes and masks and no coffee hour. But you'll finally be able to receive the body and blood of Christ. And we will greet each other with the joy of the resurrection, saying Christ is risen. This will be great joy indeed. However, like people emerging from a fallout shelter, you'll notice that things are different. 25 people in, in the church makes for a very empty church. We normally have 10 times that many people on a Sunday, back in the days before. It also means that you'll be limited to attend one liturgy a month and also one non-liturgy a month, so that everyone is able to come and to receive the body and blood of Christ. I don't know exactly how long this will last. It will, for now, become our new normal. Yet despite all these changes and all the things that will be different about this, I want to make one thing very clear. God has answered our prayer. He's seen your thirst for the Eucharist, and he, he has given us this moment, this time, when now, by God's grace, in the coming month, you'll be able to receive the body and blood of Christ again. I know that you have thirsted. I know that this has felt like wandering in the desert, and it all happened very quickly, almost before we could realize it, and changes came upon us. There's a board game that my family plays called Forbidden Desert, and the premise of the game is that you as a group of people are plopped in the middle of the desert, and you're thirsting for water and not wanting to run out of water and working together to try and, and save yourselves. I couldn't help but think of that game a little bit because it felt like suddenly we were plopped into the desert. Suddenly there were no services that we could go to. And so we've been wandering through the desert for quite a while now. In today's gospel, there's one who is thirsty who is in the desert as well. 
you have to understand the geography a little bit of Samaria and the geography of the entire Holy Land. It's a lot more like my formal, former residence, Las Vegas, than it is like here. Here you have rivers and streams everywhere around. The rain is falling as I say, speak these words. But in the desert, it's not like that. In the desert, there are very few bodies of water. Most of the streams run underground because if they're above ground, they just evaporate. So in the gospel today, the woman is going to draw water from this well. And this well is an ancient well, the well that goes back many centuries. And the people have been coming there to draw water from deep in the ground. And she alludes to that because she says to him, how will you draw water? Because the well is very deep. So she's come to get water from this deep well because this is the water that they need to live. And this is the only place to get it. I remember when I moved to Las Vegas to realize as a person originally from California who lived in Boston, that there just aren't rivers around. There's just the Colorado River and that's it. There aren't lakes around, there's just Lake Mead, which was a man-made lake, and that's it. Water is very hard to come by. And so in the desert of Samaria, this woman, her life involves, as the life of everyone involved living in the desert, is going and getting water from the one rare place they can get it and bringing it back to their homes. And Jesus says this unusual thing. He talks about living water. And living water has a double meaning because living water is both what Christ means in its deep theological meaning, but it also means running water, water that moves. And so as a desert dweller, this woman in the desert, she wonders, where is this living water? Where is this water that would be so easy to access instead of going deep down into the ground to get our water? She lived a life in the desert, both literal and also figurative, because Fotini, as we know, her name, which means the illumined one. She also had a personal desert, which was the desert of living a life in sin. It's not often you encounter a person who's had five husbands and is now living with a man, especially at that time. So she was living a life that, was, uh, that had quite a bit of sin in it. And so her desert was both physical, but it was also a spiritual desert as well. We too are in the desert. We're in a desert that is beyond our own circumstances, which is this spiritual desert of the coronavirus. It's not truly a desert, but it feels like that because we have things that we haven't been able to access. But it's important that we also recognize, like Fotini, that we are in our own personal spiritual desert because of the sin that exists in our own lives. So there's the greater picture, but there's also our own lives. And in our own lives, the desert is the way that we alienate ourselves from God by doing sinful things, by preferring what we want rather than helping others in many ways that we sin. But in the gospel, also we see the loving actions of God in the face of sin. Because God is always pursuing us. And that's what we see most of all in this conversation between Fotini and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is we see his loving actions. We see how he 
artfully draws her in. You could imagine this situation played out differently. Christ comes to the well, he's sitting there, and Fotini walks up, and he, he says to her, I am the Messiah, come and worship and follow me. Her reaction would be quite different, wouldn't it? She probably wouldn't believe it. She probably would go running away from there thinking that she'd run into someone who didn't have all their marbles. But instead, our Lord in his wisdom artfully draws her in. And we see in this conversation, which is one of the longest conversations in all of the Gospels, how he starts by just asking for water. And then she's surprised that he's talking to him. And so next he says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would ask and I would give you living water. And again, she's curious and she says, where is this living water? And so he draws her in more. He says, the water that I would give will make you so that you never thirst. And it will be a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So you see now he's drawing her into the spiritual realm. Now she's very curious. And he says to her, go and get your husband and come here. Why? So that he can reveal to her that he knows all things. And so now she perceives that he's a prophet. And he says, the hour is coming when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. And she says, I know that the Messiah is coming. And he says his final words, he says, I who speak to you am he. And so our Lord is slowly, slowly drawing her in. And by the end of the conversation, she's transformed. She is illumined, as her name implies. She is Fotini, the one who is illumined. And this is what God does to us as well. You see, God is artful in the way that he draws us to salvation. He doesn't simply make his glorious appearance and say, here I am, worship me. But rather, he desires our free will, our free choice to love God. And so he draws us along in an artful way throughout the course of our own lives. We can say that on a global level, God has been rousing us orthodox around the world with the coronavirus. He's permitted the faithful a time in the desert so that they may thirst. Look at the way that God has provided now. Because God is now giving us, now that we've thirsted, he's giving us his living water, his body and his blood. And it's so fitting that this is occurring on the Sunday of the Samaritan woman, this news comes. Because today is when he talks about living water. And just earlier this week, we had the feast of mid-Pentecost. And in that feast, it says, At the midpoint of the feast, O Savior, water my thirsty soul with streams of true devotion. Where you cried out to all, any who thirst, let him come to me and let him drink. We have thirsty souls. Our souls thirst for our Lord. And that thirst is something that God has allowed for us to grow and grow and grow inside of us. So that now when we come to this moment, 
We won't take communion for granted. We won't take worshiping in God's house for granted. It would be a blessing. Our souls indeed are thirsty, and God is now watering. So we see that God provides. As we approach the reopening of the church, I offer one piece, an important piece of advice. Don't forget your thirst. Don't forget that you have great desire to be here. Because God willing, you'll be walking into the church soon. And what will happen? You'll see a church that is a little bit different. You'll see very few people. You'll see all of these things that I've mentioned. You'll be tempted, as we all are, when we go out to the grocery store or somewhere else to judge the people around you. All of the things will come running back into our heads. Everything that we have going on inside of us will come rushing back. And so I say to you, remember your thirst. This is the reason why our Lord is opening up the church again, because we have the thirst. And that thirst is for our Lord, it's for his grace, so that we can overcome all of the petty things of judging others, of making our conclusions about how things should or shouldn't be in the world around us. Remember your thirst. Because our Lord said in the gospel today, the hour is coming and now is. Yes, the hour is right now. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. May we return to church and worship our Lord and Savior in spirit and in truth. Amen.